My friends, welcome to Going on 50, the vanity podcast by me, Kimba York, about growing up and growing old in this here life. I'm an author, librarian, bibliophile, and creativity coach who lives in the small southern city of Tallahassee, Florida. Join me now as I delve into various topics that catch my interest, and hopefully yours as well. So here we are. Welcome to episode 10. I really never planned ahead to having even this many episodes, so I'm pretty proud of myself and I'm pretty happy about it. And I'm also thrilled to be back again sharing more thoughts about growing old and growing up. In fact, that is the topic this time is the theme growing up. I want to get to that in just a second, but backtracking a little bit, the reason that I thought of this as a topic is because I'm in the midst of doing a lot of growing up myself. After the past year, which I've talked about in previous podcasts, I took some time to reprioritize, try to figure out what I really want what I'm willing to do to get what I really want, which is a completely separate thing from deciding what you want. So now I'm in the middle of doing a lot of different projects, back to writing again, my first love, my greatest love, and also some other projects on the side. You know, there's always my dog, there's always my job, my day job, which is at uh, Florida State University. So those things are ongoing, adulting behaviors, I suppose. But the project that I'm working on now is also uh, entrepreneurial. It's a side business that I'm hoping will bring in a little bit of extra income to help me out, help pay the bills, keep buying that expensive dog food for Keeley. Oh my God, is that expensive? Anyway, a little bit of side hustle going on. So I started thinking about what it means to grow up. I thought of that as I was eating ice cream for dinner. I have a fantastic Cuisinart ice cream maker that I use weekly. I love it. I make my own ice cream. Uh, Because I'm keto, I get to use actual like full fat milk and half and half and cream and make some delicious ice creams. So I love it. And uh, they're really rich though. So occasionally I end up having ice cream for dinner and it's just fantastic. And that is not something children are generally allowed to do. We often joke about, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to have cake for breakfast and ice cream for dinner. And, and then we grow up and we never do. But I do, or at least I've started doing it. I've put aside my expectations on what adulting really means in the path to becoming an adult. And that just brings up the old joke, you know, what I miss about childhood is not paying the bills. Yeah. Because we define adulthood as being responsible, understanding consequences, hmm, and paying the bills. 
Admittedly, even when I was of an age to be considered an adult, I had a lot of problems paying the bills. Most of that was tied, wow, to really poor decisions about my jobs and my careers, or my lack of career, rather. But also that was fueled by the economy and my PTSD and depression. So, you know, about 50-50 there. Often I thought of myself as not an adult. I, I wasn't paying the bills. I wasn't settling down and having children and doing the life that everybody told me in messages in TV shows and movies, my parents, their parents, is how you be an adult. Consider myself quite the failure. And indeed, some of it was just good old-fashioned failure. As I mentioned, there were plenty of issues stopping me in my tracks. The deaths of my parents in my early 20s precipitated a not unexpected complete financial collapse for me. Finances were always a sticky wicket in my household and my parents' issues, my mother's bipolarism and my father's alcoholism exacerbated that. So when they both ended up dead, I had nothing, which is not entirely true. I mean, I still had the house. I just couldn't afford to keep it. I couldn't pay the mortgage. So I let it get foreclosed upon. Dad had a few thousand dollars in uh, a life insurance policy. It paid off my car and allowed me to get an apartment. So I wasn't homeless, but I was completely uprooted and then expected to be an adult. Well, I'm not sure anybody else was expecting me to be an adult. I thought I was supposed to be an adult. And I didn't want to be an adult. I didn't want to come out of the death of my parents and being a full-time caretaker and immediately buckle down and be responsible and, and do all the things that being an adult entailed. So I didn't, and it didn't work out so well for me. I ended up having a complete mental breakdown in 2008. I'm not specifying when in 2008 because it actually started in late 2007 and pretty much went through into the summer of 2008. There were some really low points and then there were points even lower than that. We're talking Mariana Trench of emotional stability and the ability to deal with most anything that I kept getting up out of bed and going to the only job I had, which was a temp job, and I hated it, is, I don't know, pure willpower. Lessons from my mother, I think, that her bipolarism taught me a lot about compartmentalizing. I would see her pull herself out of the deepest depths just to put shoes on and go get the groceries. Some days she couldn't do that, but I saw her try all the time. And for all the difficulties I've had with my mother, that was, I think, probably one of the most powerful lessons she gave me, is just get out of bed. So I did. And fortunately, I also went and got therapy. That helped me get through the next stage of my life. And then last year, as I've mentioned, there was another bump in the road. Not quite the full breakdown that I had in 2008, but it was a glacial slowing of all the progress that I had made that far. Ended up in therapy again 
not a shocker. And so I sort of wondering, you know, maybe my definition of adulthood is wrong. Maybe adulthood is definitely about paying the bills and being responsible, understanding that there are consequences to our actions. But I don't think that's the whole story. For me, therapy itself has been a major part of the process of growing up. Because I think what I didn't really understand when I was younger was that for me, growing up meant dealing with my shit. And I did not want to do that. And there are reasons I did not want to do that. And I try not to judge my younger self too harshly. Spoiler, I judge my younger self very, very harshly. And I know it's unfair. And my therapist has told me not to do it. So feel free to leave comments in the comment section telling me don't judge your younger self harshly. I'm going to do it anyway. What I realized is that the act of facing up to my own mistakes and my own successes is how I am an adult. And I want to go a little bit to the side here and talk about EMDR. So EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a psychotherapy treatment. It's kind of newer, came up in the late 80s. And there's a whole history there. I'll include a link to the Wikipedia article on it in my links to this podcast. Suffice to say, it's a technique that basically uses eye movement tracking to short circuit your brain. And wow, that is not a great explanation, but it's really been helpful for me. It's been amazing, honestly. I kind of call it therapy in a can because you you do one hour of EMDR therapy and it's like two years of talk therapy or CBT therapy that is just condensed down into one intense, sometimes catastrophic, but always, always important and revealing session. So you do EMDR therapy, you don't do it every single time you meet with your therapist. There's a lot of talking in between. So I've been doing EMDR now for a couple of years. I think I've had about six or seven actual EMDR sessions. And each one has not just changed my life, but significantly improved my life. I feel I have a few more to go. Those are scary. But doing it, the act of participating in my own healing. Isn't that, isn't that growing up? Isn't that being a grown-up? You know, putting band-aids on my own boo-boos in a way. And I suppose a lot of people have come to this insight and realization at a lot younger age than I have, but it took me almost to 50 to figure it out. Part of it, I think, is because the context of my own childhood, my parents weren't really good at teaching me how to grow up. It's unfortunate, but I don't think it's that uncommon. I know a lot of people who didn't get that kind of coaching from their parents. There's a lot of expectation in our society that, well, you know, you become a teenager and then you become a young adult, and then you become an adult, and you just kind of figure it out as you go along. And I'm sure that works for some people, but if anything gets in your way, which for me, of course, were the mental and psychological issues that my parents dealt with, and then 
the financial problems that that led into. Finally, their deaths when I was a young adult just threw me completely off track. If I was ever on a track, I'm not convinced I was. After I graduated college, a miracle if there ever was one. Thank you, Chris and Lisa. You guys got me through it. But I had no plans. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I, did, I certainly didn't know how to do it. So I was floundering, and in the midst of my floundering, I ended up playing out a tragedy. And I'm talking that up a bit, but I just want to point out that it was kind of the denouement of a rather unbalanced childhood on the whole. So for me, growing up was defined as something that was both, you know, intrinsic and something you do naturally and figure out on your own, and also something that was defined for you by society and social rules and culture and custom and gender roles and class and race and just all sorts of things tied up into that bundle that I had no clue even existed as factors in my life. No clue. I like to think I'm pretty smart, but it took me a long time to even get close to figuring out how wrong I was about that. So now I'm going on 50, and I'm finally figuring out what it means to be a grown-up. I was married for 14 years and got divorced, as many grown-ups do. Those are just mile markers of my childhood, I think. In a lot of ways, that was just me processing through late childhood and not in a good way. I think there's a lot to be said for being childish in the sense of being open-minded and creative and willing to take risks and being open to the experience of getting to know others and trusting people. Being childish in that sense is important, especially for artists and for writers, but really for everybody. There's also the childishness that is based on selfishness an unwillingness to face consequences, and fear of the unknown. Children are complicated, and we carry that with us into adulthood, in, in the good ways and the bad ways, if we're not careful. But working through therapy, and especially working through EMDR therapy, has made me confront a lot of my assumptions and a lot of my fears. In fact, I first learned about EMDR therapy when I was reading the book The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. This book was published in 2014. I think I read it a couple of years after it came out. A lot of people had recommended it to me. Uh, I actually read it before my big breakdown, and I think that's a good thing because it came to my mind when I really wanted to figure out how to resolve these issues, and more importantly, how to resolve the cycle I had gotten into of self-sabotage. Vander Kolk talked about EMDR therapy and how it realigns your thought processes with your body and helps you process trauma, which is exactly what I needed to do, right? What I didn't want to do, but what I needed to do. The key for me from that book was really was realizing how intertwined my body and my mind really are. I've always felt a little disassociated from my body. Uh, not quite dysmorphia, but something along the lines of just you know, being stuck in my brain. I didn't like my body. I felt my body had betrayed me in a lot of ways. 
Um, I wasn't pretty. I was fat. I was uh, not healthy. I wasn't very unhealthy either. My, if, the irony here is that my unhealthiness was uh, mostly due to things that I was doing to myself. Drinking too much, not exercising, uh, dieting a lot, a lot of yo-yo dieting. And look, I get it. Everybody wants to be thin and beautiful. Don't do it. Don't yo-yo diet. Just don't do it. Don't even start. I know, too late for most of y'all. Certainly too late for me. But anyway, moving right along. My takeaway from the book, The Body Keeps the Score, was that I needed to really address the issues of my trauma, not just talk around them. And I needed to understand how that interacted with the body that I have. So now I'm thinking about what does growing up mean to me, aside from having ice cream for dinner, which is excellent. That's certainly a part of adulthood I I never plan on giving up. It means a few things. Adulting, sure, it means paying the bills, being responsible, accepting responsibility for our actions, blah, blah, blah. But for me, growing up has come to me taking care of myself, putting my needs, my physical needs, my emotional needs, maybe not first all the time. You know, sometimes my dog comes first, but definitely as a priority. It means eating well in a way that my body responds to by being full of energy and you know, being a bit more optimistic and having good thoughts about life and being able to sustain healthy eating habits. So taking care of myself in sort of an enlightened selfishness type of way is a huge part of being a grown-up. Before I was taking care of myself in a selfish destructive kind of way. And that drove me straight into the breakdowns. So taking my care of myself, probably number one. Number two, a bit more of ephemeral take on being an adult, what it means to grow up, is being present in my life. I remember as a child wanting things I did not have. And in the sense, not just toys, of course, but I mean, you know, when I grow up, I'll be pretty. When I grow up, I'll have money. When I grow up, I'll know how things work and I'll be popular. And we all have those desires and dreams uh, to be somebody important, however we define it as a child, and thinking and believing that when we grow up, we'll have it all figured out, right? That's growing up. You have it all figured out. Spoiler, we don't ever really. For me, Being an adult and being a grown-up means just being present day-to-day in my life. And being present doesn't mean ignoring the future or not paying attention to things that we need to do, like pay the bills. Being present means accepting myself, paying attention to the world around me, not constantly be lunging towards things that I want or don't have and feeling like I'm somehow lacking because of that. Which leads into, I think, the third element of being a grown-up, which is accepting who I am. Self-acceptance has been very hard for me. And not just me, this is pretty much everybody I know, has problems with self-acceptance. Is it our society? Is it is it our culture? Is it 
you know, is it being a woman? Is it being a man? Is it gender expectations? Is it just hardwired into us? I have no fucking clue, all right? But I do know it's a problem. Self-acceptance is hard. I have fought that so long. It's a terrible thing to fight yourself. But I've learned... Well, no. I think more accurately as I am in the process of learning to accept me. My body, my looks, my voice. You know, one of the reasons I started this podcast is to kind of get over the hang-up of, of how I think I sound. And my goals and my dreams, the things that I want in life, accepting that it's okay to want those things. I don't need to be ashamed of my desires. A big breakthrough for me was getting Keeley back in, yeah, back in 2016. That's because I've wanted a dog for years and always talked myself out of it. Never allowed myself to think that I had reached the point where I had earned the right to have a dog. And finally, I realized, well, the way things are going, you're never going to reach that point. I was taking care of myself. I was being present in my life. And I finally accepted the fact that I just really wanted a dog to share my life with. You know, once I made that decision, within within six weeks, I was bringing Keeley home. And it's been one of the best decisions I ever made. Which brings me to the fourth thing about growing up. The fourth part of adulting, I suppose. Which is investing in myself. One of the first best investments I've made in myself over the last few years well, you could argue it was graduate school, right? Getting getting my master's degree, sure. But I think it was therapy. Absolutely. I think it was the act of taking the time and investing the actual money, hard cash, into therapy so that I could get better and break the cycles of self-sabotage that I had replayed over and over and over again, like basically on a three to four year cycle that was a real breakthrough for me, investing in myself, investing in myself with my diet, you know, cutting out sugar at the start of this year and going keto. I'm not trying to sell it on anybody. It's it's either something you want to try and works for you or it isn't. But for me, it's really, really, really well. I don't even feel like it's any kind of sacrifice in any way. So you know, people say, oh, how can you live without bread? Well, you know what? I lived with bread for many, many years and it was kind of nice and it was yummy and tasty, but I kind of like having my life back. And to a certain lesser extent, I understand, but to a certain extent to me, it's it's kind of like asking an alcoholic, well, don't you miss alcohol? Well, of course they miss alcohol. I mean, what the hell? Yes, of course. Um, and I miss bread. But what's the trade-off? What, what are you getting for not doing that thing that is damaging to you? So yeah, easy decision for me. Easy peasy. Not even something I have second thoughts about at all. Investing in my dreams and my goals, which is where writing comes in, and my business, my side hustle, which I'll talk about more later. I know I'm kind of being vague, but that's that's coming up. That's going to be important. And relationships, learning how to be a better friend, learning how to be better at being family. I often say I don't have a lot of family left, which is not true. I mean, technically, there's a lot of us strewn out all across the country, 
But there are very few that I consider to be family in a close way. As Aunt Sheila, uh, cousin Jimbo and his husband Paul, uh, you know, a few others that I keep in touch with irregularly, primarily through Facebook, ironically. And I'm just trying to be better at that. You know, show up for holidays. Don't make myself so dark and mysterious and unreachable. Same with friendships. You know, I, I find people difficult. Being social has never come easy for me. I'm not just an introvert. I am an awkward nerd. That's something that's taken time and effort. Getting better at it, though. So anyway, uh, this is getting to be one of the longer episodes, and I'll cut it off here, you know, just by saying it's a kind of wrap-up. Growing up happens in our own time, in our own ways. I don't think growing up is an age. I don't even think growing up is any one particular thing. I think it's a combination of those aspects, those features of growing up, which is, you know, taking care of yourself, being present in your life, accepting who you are, the good and the bad, your dreams, your goals, your mistakes, and investing in yourself, your health, your future, your relationships. That's what growing up means to me. So that's all this time around. Send me your thoughts, your arguments, or your experiences by commenting on this podcast at SoundCloud, or feel free to email me at goingon50.podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, goingon50.podcast at gmail.com. You can get to that link through the SoundCloud account as well. Thanks for listening, and I will be talking back at you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.